One day when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Something Cinematic. Yes, the podcast still has a pulse. I'm your host, George Lopez, and I'm here, as always, with Mike Gonzalez. Say hi. How you doing? <laughs> the typical, how you doing, Mike? Love it. I missed <laughs> it. It feels nice to slide right into that, how you doing? <laughs> I missed that. Uh, so yeah, so guys, this is a podcast where we talk about what we've been watching in the world of movies and television. Um, this is our first episode in almost a year. In one time. Yeah. yeah in a long, long time. It's been yeah. a very long time. And it's funny because like this podcast is like... T- Three years old now? Yeah, maybe even longer. Yeah. I feel like we've done this a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's crazy. I, I, I can't even remember the episode number. It's like 20-something maybe. But anyways, we're back. And uh, uh, for this episode, what we're actually going to do is we're going to have a top five list for the movies of 2014. Our yearly tradition, <laughs> yes. uh, almost Are... halfway through 2015. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's something we do. You know, Like I said, we've done this for three years. Um, so we just had a, you know it's going to be our first episode in a long time but we had to get this one out because you know it's tradition in a way right it's tradition and you know what I was I was looking back on our old ones and it's nice yeah. to have a record yeah of where our heads were like at, in those years right yeah yeah for sure man so like I'm pretty excited about this uh, the only thing is that I think we're going to be very vague in our descriptions of these movies <laughs> because we haven't seen them in so long I, right. you know like I haven't revisited. <laughs> You know most of these movies that are on my list in a long time, mm. uh, but it's good. It's still going to be a good time just talking about them and stuff. So yeah, uh, compare lists because we don't know each other's top five lists. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we're going to do that. Um, not sure. Maybe we'll throw in. Yeah, we're going to throw in some honorable mentions at the end of the episode too. Um, actually, before we get started, if you're actually interested in, in visiting some of our uh, and listening to some of our older episodes, you can find them at somecinema.com. And you can also find you know find it on find us on iTunes by searching for something cinematic. Yeah, so I guess what we're gonna do is like we usually do. We're gonna start with our number fives, and we're just gonna snake it down to number one. Um, so should we just kick it off, or yeah, is there anything really, else man. we got we gotta say? I think that was I haven't done this in so long that I kind of I forgot think that's our all format. The house cleaning, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So let's do it, man. Um, we didn't collect any top five lists for for listener. Uh, top fives I'll just throw that out there too but but at the end I'll, I'll, I'll put in our email so if you do want to share your top fives we'll we'll read them for the next episode but for now we're going to do ours um, we're going to I'll start it off we're going to start with my number five and that is Captain America the Winter Soldier ah yeah. interesting so this movie is, is one of those kind of surprise Hits movies for me, even though it is a Marvel movie, it's a big blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think, especially coming back from Avengers, a lot of people weren't sure how Marvel was gonna top that, you know. And and Cap- Captain America was the first uh, Marvel movie, you know, that that uh, preceded Avengers. Was it? It feels like it? it came out eight years ago, but that's it does, right? But it, yeah, so like I think a lot of people weren't really sure, like. You know, the expectations were really high, but they actually delivered on a really exciting, fun movie, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, obviously Chris Evans, Captain America, and uh, Scarlett Johansson is back as uh, Black Widow, Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, 
you know, and a bunch of other characters that that we've known, you know, that you know over the years and all these with all these Marvel movies. Um, and then of course there's the Winter Soldier and and the the mystery behind who he is and everything. Obviously, before the movie even came out, some people saw photos and it was kind of leaked who the guy was. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know because I as always avoid all that stuff you know i don't like to be spoiled so i avoid trailers and all that good stuff but anyways i just thought it was a really exciting movie um the action was phenomenal Mm -hmm. you know like this is such a really cool action movie man that's why i liked it so much that's the that's the the lasting impression it's had for me is these fight scenes that like this the uh the highway scene the fight scene was just incredible i loved it yeah so what do yeah, you, what do you really think? well done. That was uh, did not make my list. Came very very close. In fact, yeah. I was debating it uh, very close to the recording of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that directed by the Russo brothers, who are going to be doing okay. the the I guess third Avengers film or the two part Avengers film they oh, recently okay, right. signed on. Yeah, uh, they started at Community, the, the television show Community. Holy shit! They directed episodes for that and were on the like kind of. I did not even know that. I community. love community. It's right. awesome. Yeah. So they, they bring that kind of humor and kind of understanding yeah. of that those like little character interactions and and that my favorite part of that movie, as great as the action was, was kind of the the interaction between Captain America and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson's character. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson has really kind of risen up to be like maybe my favorite character in the Marvel universe. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Just the, her kind of like. The, the fact that she's like a, a, a normal person or not really a normal person because she essentially has a superpower of being like a really cool ninja fighter or whatever right. <laughs> and very persuasive or I don't know like something uh, yeah but. right but she doesn't have superpowers right and right. she has this like great kind of acerbic wit yeah and that's that that's one of my favorite things about the Marvel universe is that Marvel cinematic universe is the idea that all of these movies are funny and if they can keep you laughing, they keep you interested. Yeah. And that one is really funny. They have this kind of uh, back and forth like relationship in that movie where, where you, you don't know, are they like kind of flirting with each other yeah. all the time? They're half flirting, half fighting. and I, Yeah, I like, they, they you, had really good chemistry together. Right. Which is huge because they were on screen so often. Uh, right. Johansson and Chris Evans. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Those interactions between them. If actually, I liked a lot of the dialogue too. It seemed kind of very like Whedon esque. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's definitely some traits of. That's why Whedon I think it's so there. perfect that those guys, uh, the Russo brothers, are going to be taking over the Avengers going yeah. forward for the, uh, I guess, the big climactic fight that they've been building up to in all of the films so yeah. far. Uh, I forgot what they call it the uh, Infinity Infinity yes, Wars. Yes, that's right, Infinity Wars. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think of the name too. Yeah. I feel like it's in really safe hands. In in a weird way, it's almost like they're out weedening Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, because they seem to have such a great grasp of of the action and whatnot. Like some of those action scenes in that movie, like the elevator fight scene. Oh yeah, are incredible. Cool. It's like yeah. you could have him believably fight like ten guys in an enclosed space. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And I love the way they've approached it. Is his kind of powers and his his approach to to battle and whatnot it's like it's almost like a Jason Bourne type right, thing yeah. which is perfect You're right. like that opening scene where they attack the boat like there's a shipping container boat right a container ship and he just like goes through wiping out all of the bad guys and yeah. like actually really violent ways like he throws a knife through a guy's hand <laughs> yeah which was a little unexpected but... well he threw a knife through a guy's oh hand yeah, yeah I think he said his head I was like wait no, no he didn't do that like yeah. and he punched the guy or something and he reached yeah. for the alarm and he, he yeah, threw the he knife into his down. hand before yeah. he could hit it it's uh it, it, yeah it's a little, like a little more violent than I was expecting yeah. but like totally appropriate right so I, I feel like those guys kind of 
becoming the new stewards of the uh, of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe right. in a way taking over from Whedon is perfect. And they had a, they had a really good uh, strong supporting cast too. I feel like uh, Anthony Mackie as Falcon, uh, he was great, of course. And I liked a lot of the Shield agents too. The, you know the guys that he was fighting like on the mm. in the elevator. Like those guys are actually really good actors. They have really small parts and things. But that's what's interesting about the whole Marvel Universe is yeah. that like there's always the potential for one of the bad guys a minor person to yeah. eventually become like a big bad guy yeah and i actually think like the head of that strike team or whatever the, the guy yeah yeah like that guy is going to be someone in a future movie or at least he's being set up potentially I, uh, to be i one. believe he was also in the purge this year he was um, purge he was... two i think yeah um i'll try, I'll try to look at his name yeah, so anyways, Captain America, uh, my number five, uh, really fun movie to watch. Uh, so what's your number five? My number five is also in the same vein. I mean, I was yes. talking to you beforehand uh-huh. about uh, like two movies that kind of took up the same headspace yeah. for me. And uh, I ended up going with the other one. My number five is Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew it. And when I said I knew exactly what you were thinking about, uh-huh. yeah, I knew it was that. Because my number six is actually Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh-huh. I was like, those are the two I was battling, that were battling for the number five. Guardians of the Galaxy might be like the most fun Marvel movie I've seen in a while yeah and uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it actually I'm very ashamed to admit it I cried in the theater oh really I mean not like crazy tears <laughs> but like it got a little dusty in there did it a little dusty yeah a little uh, dusty it got pretty dusty I had to oh, wipe boy. that dust what, out what, what scene got you uh, I, away, we I are Groot is all I'm gonna say oh really <laughs> that scene yeah, I, I could I'm see that. I'm a softie. What can I All say? All right. I can kind of see that. <laughs> but it is, uh, it's, you know, a space-faring, space opera, which you yeah. know I'm a big fan of. I'm like two genres I write on my alley. The, the kind yeah. of space opera like Star Wars and yeah. people in spaceships fighting and whatnot. Right. And adventure movies like Indiana Jones. Yeah. The, that's my wheelhouse, and this was firmly in my wheelhouse. A ragtag gang of uh, ne'er-do-wells in space. A talking squirrel, a tree that only says a three raccoon, words. You mean? A raccoon. <laughs> you know, rocket squirrel. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and 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 the, the the new Harrison Ford, the like the next gigantic movie star, Chris Pratt. Yes, of course. Yeah, who's so, completely taking over the world. He is. He's he's in everything now. It seems. Yeah, like. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, he's great he's in everything. Great. But you know, I I don't. But at the same time, I feel like he might like. I'm kind of scared he might be overexposed. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, he, like, if he's in a bunch of stuff, people yeah. might get tired of him. Right? He is. I mean, he's he's in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. so he has this franchise. I mean, they're making a sequel. Yeah. He's also in Jurassic Park, and, and that going forward, there's also. I mean, yeah. the, the story is, I guess, the rumors are. I don't know if it's rumors or confirmed that he's going to be taking over Indiana Jones. Yeah. He's basically in. He was in the Lego Movie. He's basically oh, yeah, like, the in Lego everything. Too. Right. Uh, but, like, I, for, I understand that worry, like, the, mm. the Anne Hathaway thing, where people Rats. see enough of her and they turn on them. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just because of how sexist our society is. It's not as big a danger with men. Well, I, no, I was going <laughs> to... I mean, the LaBoofing, you mean, you're worrying about? That's a good good comparison, because I was thinking of a lesser kind of remembered actor, like uh, the guy from uh, Avatar. Oh yeah, who was like on on Man in the Lead, right? Man in the Lead, right? And then he was in Terminator Salvation. The, the he difference was like, with that, I would say, is that that guy is not a good actor, right? And right. that was he was cast. Uh, you know, I just remembered his name, and then I What's forgot. His name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He was cast in Avatar, mm-hmm. and then he got all those other jobs yeah. on being cast in Avatar because yeah. they thought if you're going to be a Clash star, the next James Cameron movie. 
Yeah. You might be the next Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, you might be the next superstar. Yeah. And uh, it did not pan out. He was not yeah. a very good actor. No, he, you're right. You're right. So, like, Chris Pratt is actually very charismatic. Right. Very funny, you know, and just a badass, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, yeah. So, completely different. Yeah. I, but the way he... they handled that film, like, introducing mm-hmm. what is the craziest kind of setting and story for a Marvel movie yet. Yeah. All of them up to this point have been fairly grounded. Even something like Thor, mm-hmm. which most people agree Thor and Thor 2 are, like, the, the lesser of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Well... Uh, Incredible Hulk too, the first one. I don't think people count those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They have kind of just written those out of the right. history. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like even something like Thor mm-hmm. is grounded in, in like they mentioned in the first one that like everything that happens up there is in a way like science based. And it's that old quote about uh, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology appears like magic to those who don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And right. that's essentially what they've done. It's like their ability to teleport and all that. It, it's science-based, but we just don't understand it. Right. They've kind of grounded everything. Gotcha. And now you have talking raccoons and a, mm-hmm. a tree that can move and fight and things. Yeah. And, you know, and it worked. You know and it saying? absolutely People, people love those characters. They, right. They, you know, they... Which is kind of like when you heavily rely on, on CGI and, and stuff like that, it can go mm-hmm. horribly wrong, especially when they're going to be characters that are going to be on screen like so often. Mm-hmm. But... They're, those characters were also pretty charming and, and funny, and so like right. people really and I think that's that. the key. The key is being funny. Yeah. If you get people laughing, they're much more willing to accept whatever you're putting out there. Right. And, and so it, the fact that it was really funny, yeah. I thought was uh, was perfect. Which is cool because like the, the movie did ha- it did a really good job of balancing like drama, comedy, and all that stuff. Like and, mm. and, and especially the first couple of scenes in the movie, they give you they hit you in the head with. That drama, and then they, they, they hit you in the head with the comedy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it switched up in so the quickly. Scene, it's like, yeah. But it was great because it let you know what to expect in a way, you know? So it was like, okay, I see, I get it, you know? Uh-huh. And then you were, you know, you I were remember on board, it being yeah. a little jarring. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really? I, yeah, it's I like, enjoy it. we're here for a fun movie, and you're taking yeah. me to Cancer Town, really? Yeah, well, true, <laughs> true. But, you know, it's just giving you a glimpse of kind of like how, you know, I don't no, know. No, I get it. It's just but, like, yeah, it was, it was really good, though. And it's like, I remember, was, like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah, it was kind of sad. Just get to the fun. But they yeah. did get to the fun pretty quickly. Pretty after. quickly, yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, great soundtrack, too. Great so soundtrack, yeah. yeah. So uh, I had that on uh, in my car for a while after that yeah? movie came out. Oh, really? Nice. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to your number four, Mike. My number four is a very different movie, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler. looking for a job. In fact, I've made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Who am I? I'm a hard worker. I set high goals, and I've been told that I'm persistent. And I'm thinking the television news might just be something I love, as well as something I happen to be good at. Now, I know that today's work culture no longer caters to the job loyalty that could be promised to earlier generations. What I believe is that good things come to those who work their asses off. And that good people who reached the top of the mountain didn't just fall there. My motto is, if you want to win the lottery, you have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket. You have to make the money to buy a ticket. Have to make the money to buy a ticket. 
You have to make the money to buy a ticket! you saw this movie oh yes I did what did you think of it Jake Gyllenhaal you know I was hearing a lot of hype around it um, uh, before I watched it people were talking about this is Gyllenhaal's Oscar performance Gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal I, I always mispronounce <laughs> that uh, Gyllenhaal um, yeah. so you know yeah they, they were really talking up his performance and I really did enjoy his performance mm-hmm. um, the movie I enjoyed the movie but I just didn't think it was great I felt like it just I don't know. It, it was just kind of... It was okay, you know? Like, I was mm. waiting for something to kind of, like, blow me away to stick out. Um, even though, like, yeah, Gyllenhaal's performance was fantastic. But it, it just felt like one of those movies that was really cool to watch one time and then you'll eventually kind of forget about it. You mm. know what I'm saying? Not me. I... Yeah. I that The stuff that was blowing... That you were waiting to blow you away for mm. me was, like, basically every scene in this movie. Yeah. I thought his character the, and the way he approached it was so interesting that mm. like every time he was on screen, which is basically the entire movie, he's like in yeah. every frame, was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it's like view of New York, uh, of Los Angeles is this really unique view of the city that you don't often see represented. It's, it's all at night. It's all about the local news and all about you know uh, him gathering kind of you know if it bleeds it leads type stories for the local news right. and uh, this weird kind of cynical sociopathic view that his character has Mm -hmm. I just found it like utterly fascinating and it's so beautifully shot yeah it is and uh and the like the performances Jake Gyllenhaal like you said was I thought he was incredible he was great yeah for Uh, sure yeah I was like he was my emotional he was the guy that I was rooting for to win the Oscar even though it was not a chance in hell of that happening Mm. Uh, but also Riz Ahmed, who is uh, his assistant, yeah, in that role. Yeah, he like was he, really good like too. he's someone who I saw in a movie called uh, uh, Four Horsemen. I think mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it's in a weird like this black comedy about four terrorists. Mm-hmm. That was, oh, holy shit! You're right. He yeah. was in that. I saw that a few years ago. I totally forgot he was in that. Mm-hmm. You're right. When they're dressed up as like in costumes, right? That yeah, one? yeah. Where they they they're, they're, like, they're a group of terrorists who yeah. are planning to bomb the London Marathon. Oh my god, that movie! Yeah, I forgot all about that. Weirdly movie. recontextualized after the Boston Marathon yeah, was actually right. bombed. Oh my god! But that was such a like it's a movie that that movie like shouldn't have worked because it's such a controversial subject. Yeah, but it it did. It was somehow amazing, and you could like empathize with these guys and be like, oh, they're such idiots, and they don't know what they're doing, right. and they're way in over their heads, and. Yeah, that was a great movie. Too. It was. It was. Really that was a really fascinating. Yeah. I saw that one in the theater. I think it was like a. I think it might have been distributed by the music box for someone local. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really interesting. But he yeah. is in this movie, yeah. and he's fantastic in this movie as well. Yeah, playing a very different character, yes. obviously. Yeah. So I'm like really. I was telling you before the show, like just looking up at his IMDb page, yeah. like everything he does is about terrorism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's like a tough yeah. break yeah. for a young yeah. Arab actor. You can't really. I know, right? <laughs> Can't really get good roles, but he got a good role here and Hollywood, he nailed man. it. Hollywood, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I I liked it. Um, it was an honorable mention for me. It didn't crack my top ten, mm. um, but yeah, it was a good movie for sure. It just I just didn't love it. But oh uh, yeah, Renee Russo was also really good in that too. By yeah, the way. she was great. Um, so should we go to my number four? Four Lions was the name of the movie. Four Lions. Four yes, it, you're right. Yeah. Four Lions. That's right. Okay, so my number four is Boyhood. Boyhood. Yes. 
Richard Linklater movie. Richard um, Linklater, one of my... One of our favorite. One of our all-time favorite yeah, I mean, we've talked about him quite often, I feel yeah. like, on this, on this podcast. So um, you might know him from uh, the Before series. Before course. Midnight, Before Sunset, and uh, Before... Sunrise. Sunrise. Yes, yeah. And not in that particular order, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, but so, you know, he's done that. And, of course, he's done... Uh, really, uh, the most notable movie, I would say, um, is Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. Um, though that's an older movie... And but but when you watch that movie and the same thing happened to me when I revisited it, you know, years later after it, you know, I first watched it when I was younger. It's like very philosophical in a way. Very you know, like he he gets pretty deep and and you know and and that's kind of something that's carried on into all of his movies. You know, with the mm. before series and and this. You know, obviously it's like him just kind of building. I don't know. It, it just. Like I appreciate this guy's ambition, man. Like I just really yeah, do because this is extraordinary. He's he just he's always trying to make a statement with everything that he does. You know, like he's he's and and it always works. It's always entertaining, even though they're very dialogue, you know, driven movies. You know, but they're always so good. You're always into every conversation, and mm. he has a way of making you think about stuff and and for making yourself form an opinion on the subject matter mm. that's being discussed. You know, this feels like kind of the culmination of everything he's been doing up mm-hmm. to this point. Because if you think about all of his movies, like Days and Confused, Before mm-hmm. Sunset, Before you know Midnight, Before Sunrise, all of those are about people at a specific time in their life. Yeah. So for Days and Confused, it's all about high school kids mm-hmm. and, and what is going on in their minds, what is going on with their emotions, what are they thinking at that time. And then you go to like Before Sunrise and they are, it is 20-somethings. And then you flash forward seven years for the sequel. And it's them at that place where they are in their lives, yeah. going through their issues, where their head's at. Yep. And then eventually he gets to boyhood where it is literally them stepping in with the same people in the same movie at yeah. different points of their life. Yeah, I think it was over 12 years, was it? Yeah. Something like 12 they years. They shot, I think, two Amazing. weeks every year for 12 years. Amazing, man. Like, I mean, it was just, it was great and I was worried, you know, that the kid... Obviously, like they're putting a lot of right, a, a lot, lot of stock of into this kid and, and both of the kids. Yeah. Um, well, when the one of them's his daughter, so he has a bigger right. say in that in her life. Yeah, but they were great, man. Uh-huh. Like, just it was, you know, just very fun to see them change, grow up, and go through all these things. Even though it wasn't real, but at the same time, it was like very unique and just amazing. Mm. You know, and I, I just loved this movie. It, it was well, after the, after I watched it for a while, it was. I was considering it, you know, being my number one, but I watched some uh, other movies <laughs> after that, obviously. I remember but you it, were, I just really loved it. When you it, saw when this well it. before I did. I yeah. saw this late. And you were yeah. very much uh, a supporter of this film. Yeah. Uh, I went out and saw it, and I, man, I wanted to love this movie, yeah. and I just didn't. No? Mm. What did it... What, what I, I did not find it as interesting as his other movies. Mm-hmm. And maybe His other movies certainly are far more crafted mm-hmm. than this one. This one is the most naturalistic film he's made since Slackers. It it is very much, you know, a a slice of life. And in some ways, nothing really interesting ever happens. Mm. But then, I mean, that's life. That's the commentary on life. And and there are so many instances in the film where it seems like something bad's going to happen and Mm. you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and it doesn't drop. And again, that's in its own way an incredible commentary on life. Yes. We live so much of our lives 
like worrying about yes. that next pitfall yeah. and the pitfall never comes. You're right. And yeah. we don't even notice because we're looking at the next pitfall. Yeah. So I, I thought I, I thought it was a really beautiful film. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was extraordinarily ambitious. I mean yeah. the the, the guts it takes, like you said, to I mean to work with children. You have no idea how yeah. they're gonna work out. Yeah. Uh, I, there were moments where I thought, I mean, it, it, whether you look at it as like a gimmick or whether it was the fact that it was filmed over 12 years or mm-hmm. essential to the plot, mm-hmm. uh, I, I tend to lean more towards the latter. I really, I think there was really something gained from the fact that it was shot over 12 years with the yeah. same people. I thought it was really extraordinary. There are scenes where their family has trouble yeah. and they rely on other people. And mm-hmm. then... At the end of the movie, you see those people again, and it's yeah. the same people yeah. twelve years later. I know. And it's, Isn't that it's crazy yeah. that you see them. It's like, oh wow, it's like that's actually them. Yeah. It's not the movie's like three hours, three and a half it's hours very long. long, and it feels very long. I but I enjoyed. I, I didn't mind sitting sitting through the whole thing. You know, I and, felt like they could have edited a lot of that film out, uh, and I feel like when you invest twelve years into a project, if you're gonna every, invest twelve years in the project, you better make it like everything three and a half, you shoot, three and a half hours. Everything you shoot is precious to you. Yeah, and I understand that, and I right. feel like. But there's gotta be. They could I mean, have the movie could have easily been maybe six hours in. If right? they or handed something, that but off no. to another editor, they could have cut that down to an hour and a half, and <sighs> it would have been a lot better. I but think. But it wouldn't have been as effective. I think. Uh-huh. You know. I don't know. No, that's I, fair I enough. Do. I mean, obviously, this worked for you, and it worked for a lot of yeah. people in a way that it didn't work for me. Uh-huh. But I still have a tremendous amount of respect for it. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, like, yeah, we're, they relied heavily on those two kids, um, but also, um, you know, Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. I mean, they were amazing in that movie too. Patricia Arquette, she specifically was just incredible. Obviously, she won she the was Oscar. Fantastic. She won the Oscar uh, for Best Supporting Actress, I believe. Yes. Um, well deserved, man. Well, she was very amazing. well. Deserved. What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing. Mom. This is the worst day of my life. What are you talking about? I knew this day was coming. I just, I didn't know you were going to be so fucking happy to be leaving. I mean, it's not that I'm that happy. What what do you, what do you expect? You know what I'm realizing? My life is just going to go like that. This series of milestones. Getting married, having kids, getting divorced. The time that we thought you were dyslexic when I taught you how to ride a bike. Getting divorced again, getting my master's degree, finally getting the job I wanted. Sending Samantha off to college, sending you off to college. You know what's next, huh? It's my fucking funeral. Just go and leave my picture. Aren't you jumping ahead by like 40 years or something? I just thought there would be more. Yeah. She absolutely stole this movie. Yeah, dude, I mean, in a way, the movie's called Boyhood, but it's absolutely yeah, about her. Yeah, like, I felt like, yeah, she was definitely the... Uh, like and the there's standout a, performance. And, and there were definitely... I was watching it, and it really hit home in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and in ways that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I think we got to move on, man. We're, I'm cutting. Gotta... I'm cutting myself off before I go too far into my own life. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. But yes, it very. It did. It did. And there were moments in that film where I was genuinely moved. Yeah, for sure. I think. Yeah, I think it was why people loved it because it was very relatable. Because they concentrate not only on the kids but the adults. So there's parents out there that are watching this movie. They can. They feel you know for the parents, and then there's people that are watching this that are kind of grew up around the same era that, that connect that way, you know, mm. with these kids. Cause, and I like how they use music, too, to kind of use music yeah, to like guide like, you through were, what year it is. There were and, so many you know, little cues, like, oh, yeah. this is the year where they're playing the Wii. Yeah, they're playing the Wii. Like, a so, lot of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't like they didn't for me, it, For me, it felt like they were putting that in. Really? Like, oh, okay, this is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so kind of, but I, it felt like, I I felt it, like it was necessary. But it, it's, at least it wasn't over the top and they didn't hit you over the head with it, you know. And the um, CG on Ethan Hawke to make him look like he never ate, <laughs> I thought that was odd. Yeah, right? Yeah. Put a mustache on him. <laughs> right. They uh, had, you realize they put the mustache because like they got to do something to this guy because he hasn't <laughs> aged. Yeah. It's so weird. He looks exactly the same. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, Boyhood is a great movie, so I think it's worth the three and a half hours or, or whatever length it is. Uh, but let's move on. Um, so... What are we ne- what are we doing next? My that, number three? That was your number three, wasn't it? That was number number four. That was your okay. Then I guess we're on your number three. Okay, so my number three is a movie that's completely different. It is that's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Look at that, dude! Switching it up again. Shocked uh, me. Yeah, um, but no, I just I really really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. It was another one of those. This okay. So when I watched the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, just like a lot of people. I, well, they were just kind of surprised of, of how good it was, you know. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a movie that relies heavily on CG, but they, you know, the characters were actually just fun to watch, I guess. And you know, well, like particularly seeing uh, the main ape, like, Caesar, Caesar, like just seeing Caesar kind of grow up, quote mm-hmm. unquote, you know, like that was kind of fun. Uh, Caesar played by Andy Serkis of played by the Andy Rings. Yeah. He played, it was uh, was he nominated Gollum? for for huh? Gollum? I don't remember if he was actually I think, nominated, but he was. I don't remember there was a push for him to be nominated. Yeah, first performance in Gollum, one of the great you know uh, performance capture uh, actors. Yeah, he's they're using him for everything in Hollywood, now. <laughs> and, and he was extraordinary. Yeah. They they did performance capture for this film where they uh, captured his facial expressions yeah. and mapped them to the the ape. Yeah, so you can so, see that emotion in the eyes and whatnot of but, the ape. Is but, and, I, and I love the transformation from Caesar in in Rise and Caesar in Dawn. I mean, obviously. Dawn, uh, this is a more established kind of. It's starting to become more of an established uh, planet mm-hmm. for apes, um, and so yeah. he's like, <laughs> and Nicely he's like, uh, <laughs> and he's you know obviously he's like the leader of the apes, and 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 he, they've built a civilization, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some humans that are like obviously humans are dying off and everything, and they have a small. A community of humans that that live nearby and everything, and they, and they start interacting with each other in, in fun, wacky ways. No, <laughs> no but um, it was, I just thought the movie was really fantastic, considering that it was mostly sign language, right? And and and, and subtitled, you know, the commitment to have the apes communicate via sign language. Yeah, huge swaths of this movie are yeah. subtitled, but it worked, and it was. It's I was fantastic. like totally yeah. into it. Like I, I would. I would totally have watched the entire movie that way, mm-hmm. you know, with just the apes signing to each other. You and, might get that in the next one, right? And which is totally <laughs> fine if they can execute it the way they did the first, like third of the first act of this movie. I would totally watch it. Um, but the movie was just really, you know, entertaining. Um, the 
the um, antagonist ape, mm-hmm. I guess I'll call him. Like, he was amazing. He was also in part one. He had the scar over his eye and everything. Like, that performance, you know, stole the movie for was me. Was it Koba? Koba, yes. Koba yeah. stole... Like, he was a standout performance, which is weird because it's another performance uh, captured, you know, perform like a, a per, what, is, what do you call it again? Performance capture. Performance it's capture. motion capture is when they put the balls at them, but the, yes. the, the thing of putting the camera in front of their faces so they can really get their, their performance, yeah. they call that performance So capture. that was amazing, which is, which is really cool because it's kind of like what happened with Rise. It was when Andy Serkis stole the show for that movie, mm-hmm. and then Dawn, you have this other performance uh, capturing actor right and it's really interesting it's too it, it is the parallel that we often see in movies between the the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X parallel of, of one who wants reconciliation and peace and the other mm-hmm. who who justifiably is angry about the treatment and yeah. wants wants revenge for past sins mm-hmm. uh, and, and that dynamic is really interesting it works because it makes sense you you do empathize with, with yeah. Koba. Yeah. His argument is sound. Every time, yeah. every time humans have been given an opportunity in the past, we have done horrible, horrible things mm-hmm. to animals. Yeah. And so his fear and his anger and distrust is completely justified. Exactly. And because you, like I say, he was in the first one too. Right. And, and we see what happens yeah. to him. And that, that, that's, you know exactly what, you know where he's coming from yeah. and everything. So I, for them to build on that for this movie... Was, was incredible to see, you know, because I was not expecting that, you know. I thought it was going to concentrate more on Caesar and then obviously the battle with, with the humans and everything. But no, it was like the Koba performance came out of nowhere and it was just really fun to watch. It was really fascinating. And it um, also has one, uh, someone who is quickly becoming one of my favorite actors, someone who yeah. I get really excited whenever I see him anything, is a guy named Jason Clark. Mm-hmm. Who is one of the leaders of the human yeah. group that that actually goes into their society? Right. Uh, he was in a, he was on a show called Chicago Code where he played a Chicago yes. police officer. Yeah. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. Yep. He's been in a lot of he's like he's he's like a character actor. You see him a lot of places. Yeah. But every time I see him, like I get excited because I know like you're going to get a great performance you know, out of him. And he was most notably, I think, the first like starring role he had was on maybe an HBO show. It was like uh, like mobsters maybe. I want to say it has something to do with Boston, Boston mobsters or something. No, I'm not. I'm sure. not sure, but anyways, he was. Yeah, he's had a lot of small roles in movies like Public Enemies too, I believe. But yeah, he's great. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah, who's movie like called Lawless about the uh, bootleggers with Shia uh-huh. LaBeouf? Oh, you're right. Yeah, or LaBeouf. Shia I LaBeouf, LaBeouf, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, I just really like that movie. Yeah, he's awesome. My my. My problem, I guess, with that movie is that that movie sent me into an almost existential crisis uh, after I watched it. Uh, well, I realized that it's very depressing when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the, as I was watching the movie, I'm like, well, I'm rooting for the apes in a weird way and, and against humanity, even though the humans are also justifiably are, are justified in their their position. Yeah, and it it made me like really depressed in a way because of. Mm-hmm. We know where this is headed, right? Yeah. Like we know, th- this is all like essentially a prequel They're to to too. the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So this is second of the third prequel, right? right. There's three, three prequels that are supposed to uh, take place before uh, the Planet of the Apes movie, the yes. original. It is. It was. It was very sad. It was a pretty emotional movie, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Which is weird because we're watching animated characters, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, but it's like you don't think about that. You kind of get lost in their world, and, and it's. It. I mean. 
that's amazing filmmaking, if you ask me. So it is. Like, it's a it's a really yeah, well done so movie. So that's why it was on my. Notes. But it depressed me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> in, right, so in a way that's like I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch the next one because I know it's just going to make me more depressed and it's a <laughs> more cynical view. Yeah. <laughs> of our world. Uh, all right, so I think we got to move on. Uh, what's right. your number three? Right, my number. Th- we're going to my number three, yeah. which is a completely uncynical view of the world. Mm-hmm. Gone Girl. All right, <laughs> nice. Uncynical, <laughs> uh, right? The, the the latest David Fincher film. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah, hor- incredibly cynical. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, starring Ben Affleck and uh, Rose Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike, yes. yes. Yeah. Rosamund Pike of. Uh, an education, which is uh, one of my favorite movies of like recent years. Yeah, Rosamund Pike has a, a breakout performance in this role, playing. Uh, it's it's weird because I don't want to give away much of this movie. I feel oh. like it's very much in pop in popular culture now, though. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about in a way, right? Yeah, Cause, it, cause... It's, it's about a marriage between yeah. two young, essentially uh, wealthy cool people in Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike mm-hmm. and uh, how this marriage devolves and then a, a she goes missing she goes missing and the movie's Gone Girl and mm-hmm. it's about the media how the media handles missing women cases particularly you know like a wealthy beautiful white woman disappears and how right. they kind of how they treat that the whole how, world stops and they have to find her and find yeah, her exactly and, and they want to they want to uh, to hold a trial on television essentially mm-hmm. and and uh, it has a great kind of take on the Nancy Grace archetype, mm-hmm. which is great because Nancy Grace uh. is like maybe my least favorite person in the world. <laughs> uh, she's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's a kind of great kind of scathing commentary on this kind of media yeah. culture and how we uh-huh. treat these kind of true crime events. Right. Uh, well, also being obviously David Fincher, I, it, it's, it is in that typical Fincher style. Mm-hmm. Uh the dark bluish cold tones yeah. but incredible performances throughout yeah and a really kind of a really fascinating film I, I, interestingly there's a twist in this movie there's something there's some incident that happens mm-hmm. midway through the movie yeah. that changes the dynamic of the entire film mm-hmm. and at, for the first half i would say this is a it's a bit cold it's a bit like the David Fincher you see in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, mm-hmm. which is a movie that I, I, you know, I read those books and I, when I saw the movie, it left me completely cold. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, I found it just very cold and very, yeah. it didn't, it was not moving at all. Yeah. And, and this movie seemed like it was headed in that direction. And when kind of the, the script gets flipped, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. <laughs> uh, the movie just comes alive yeah. and becomes like fascinating and really interesting. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to the screenwriter who wrote the book Gone Girl. She also wrote the screenplay for the film, oh, okay. and which usually doesn't work. I mean, it's, it doesn't often work for for the writer of the novel to then write the screenplay, as yeah. we've seen with Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, <laughs> but she nailed it. She's awesome. And and she's actually right. one of your neighbors here in Logan Square. Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, Gillian... Some, Gillian Flynn. That's her name. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like the movie a lot too. And you're right; it's like something. Yeah, there's that big twist, and then it seems like there's two separate movies in themselves, right? right? <laughs> like, like they could be separate movies, you know? Yeah. Uh, and one of them is this cool 
cold David Fincher film, yeah. and the other one is just like inc- like insane yeah. edge of your seat thriller. Yeah, it's really cool, man. I really enjoyed this movie too. Um, and I and I have to say, the one thing I would not have thought going into this movie, but like a crazy standout performance of Tyler Perry. Oh yeah, he was really good too. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing because in a way, he's he's the character that you as the moviegoer identifies with because he comes in. And it's essentially saying the things that you're thinking watching the movie. Yeah. He plays the uh, criminal defense lawyer, kind of high-profile, uh, Johnny Cochran-esque uh, criminal defense lawyer. Yeah. And he's fantastic. He like he might be the best part of this movie. No. The best part of the movie is Kim Dickens. Kim, Kim Dickens is fantastic. Who played the detective. Yeah. She was amazing. Like, I loved her performance in this. The she dynamic between good. those two detectives throughout yeah. the entire movie, her and her partner, or I guess her subordinate. The guy from Almost Famous. The guy from Almost Famous. Yeah. The, the, he played the kid in Almost Famous. Yeah. Uh, the it was really good to see that guy again. Yeah. Like, uh, he's a good actor. Uh, Patrick Fugit? I don't. Ask me, I have no Patrick, idea. Patrick Fugit? I think that's how you pronounce his name. But yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah, the dynamic between them and... How she views the events of the of the film yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. She's an awesome actress. She's, she's really good. Who yeah. we see in season three of House of Cards. She, Ooh, she enters interesting. in. Yeah, yeah she's uh, catch up. She's been appearing in a lot of like. Yeah. I think she's, she might might be on Justified as well. Uh, but a lot of like critically acclaimed stuff she slides yeah. in there. She has a lot of small parts in movies. Right, too, yeah. knocks she, a, a great performance out yeah. of the park. Um, yeah, Gone Girl, man. That, that was I really enjoyed. That was in my top ten. Um, it didn't mm. crack my top five, but it was definitely considered for a while. Yeah, I'd say I'm pleasantly surprised at how different our lists are. Right? So yeah, far. so far they are. Which goes different. to what I was saying before the show that this was a really, really strong year for yeah, films. Yeah, it was. You know, and I think a lot of these movies were kind of later in the year, though. Obviously, closer to Oscar season is where we're going to get all these really good right. movies. Because um, I think I feel like the first half of the of the year was very lacking. Mm. You know, but it really picked up at the end there. Hello ladies and gentlemen, so right now we are at about the 41 minute mark and uh, I kind of figured it'd be best to actually cut the episode short for the time being and turn this into a two-parter because we just don't want these episodes to run too long, you know, we don't want people to feel discouraged about listening and, you know, instead of making it an hour and a half episode or or whatever, um... My, why not just turn it into a two-parter, you know? So so, um, we really hope you guys have been, have been enjoying the list so far. And I promise you, you're going to get our top two lists, um, you know, our top two from the list if you really want to listen to it. So I'm going to try to release that either the same day that this part one comes out or the next day. So you won't have to wait that long if you really want to listen. And I really hope you do because... We we really have fun doing this stuff, you know, and even though we haven't recorded in so long, um, it's something that we really enjoy doing, and apparently we have a lot to say, <laughs> so um, that's why it's going to turn into a two-parter, so thank you guys so much for listening so far. Um, like I said, it's a lot of fun. If you want to listen to some of our, four, our older episodes, you can totally do that uh, on our website, uh, somecinema.com. Um, look for something cinematic on iTunes. You'll find it there too. Um, so yeah. So if you want to, you know, listen back a little bit to some of our previous episodes, you could totally do that there. But but stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned for um, you know our top two uh, movies of 2014. Um, like I said, you won't have to wait that long. So in the meantime, 
grab yourself a coffee um, get yourself a bagel a ham sandwich I don't know whatever uh, whatever floats your boat <laughs> um, but yeah just enjoy the break for the time being and we really hope you tune in soon um, for the remainder of the list and for future episodes because we're going to try to be as consistent as possible from here on out with this podcast um, because we just really have a lot of fun doing it like I said we love movies um, and television so tune in guys keep it going for sure you made it this far keep it going <laughs> uh, yeah thank you guys so much for listening and uh, yeah just keep an eye open for 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 the next uh, for part 2 of this episode uh, 39 so thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you very soon